0: All right, so um, Baron of Beverage here, back uh, today with uh, Whitney Weber from uh, Zeke's Coffee. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners have, uh, other than when we first launched, it's all been different types of alcoholic beverage. Uh, but uh, many people don't know uh, that I have a lot of coffee in my background. Uh, and that's actually why on our website there's big coffee uh, beans as part of our uh, banner. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, Whitney is actually one of the first people I met when I started getting back into coffee here in Baltimore, probably about five or six years ago. He's a equipment manager roasting here for about eight years. He's basically, uh, you know, the general repairman around, uh, the pl- establishment as well. And we had a a, 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 quick affinity for a love of coffee. Um, and one of the things I, I have always loved about Zeke's is from my mind, they, Always strive to get it right where there is a certain amount of, uh, you know, science that they always adhere to, but they never forget that coffee comes from a place of passion and artistry. I can tell because they have like f- where we're sitting, which is not very picturesque, but they have four beautiful coffee bags. And anybody who takes time, uh, and, and more behind me, I didn't see. Yeah. Uh, no eyes in the back of my head yet. I'm not a dad. Um, but there anybody who takes that much time to put work into the coffee bags you know they're putting a lot of passion into the product and that's one of the things i've always loved about what you guys have done here whitney
1: i always when a farm comes through with a bag that they've hand painted you think man they care mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't matter for the flavor but right it often does
0: well good so uh so we're starting uh kind of a, not a hard and fast regular series we we're talking generally we're thinking four to eight times in a year based upon what's going on and what's happening um and uh, and and I know uh, that it's what 95 degrees today it's hot yeah it's hot. And so uh, one of the one of the biggest trends that's been growing in the last, probably the last five or six years, it's been around longer than that, it, but it's really been growing as a trend, is cold brew coffees. It's sure. become much more mainstream. My, my dad was making it in the
1: 70s and laughed when I told him it had come back. But yeah, it's, it's come back in a way where it went from being a product that was very niche to being a product that's available from huge commercial roasters at the Safeway across the street. Right. Like the average grocery store has something by some huge... Uh, Multi-state entity that is producing it in bottles and selling it. Right. So it it jumped off from being something no one drank to something that everyone
0: everyone wants. I, I actually was reading an article recently about how um, the mass uh, mass chain retail chain coffee houses they you know, try to time when they start to manage the cold brew process as part of it based upon very scientific charts about when it's going to get hot and when the swing is going to hit because it swings so fast for people. And it cold brew is slow. It's not like you not like going to be like, hey, let me whip you up a pot of cold brew. What's mm-hmm. the process like?
1: 24 hours. You are sitting cold water and coffee for 24 hours. You Most folks tend to make a concentrate when they make cold brew. Mm-hmm. I think that it does better in terms of extraction. I think that you extract a bit sort of funkiness and flavor when you just try to extract your cold brew at full water. Maybe if you cut the time back. We haven't experimented much with that. Yeah. Um, I like a
0: concentrate. I like it because people can mix it to sort of various levels. Mm-hmm. one of, So you say mix it to various levels, and that's one of the things I... I remember when I was always, uh, you know, talking with people early on and they were like, oh, well, is this coffee strong? I'd be like, eh, I hate that word because you can make something stronger even if it's, a, you know, that's a matter of ratios, which is what you're talking about. You're making this concentrate so you can level out the ratios to whatever you want. I, I, I try to use things like strength. I've not used robust or fuller bodied or things that come across when you are do, brewing things in a consistent manner. What's your consistent manner for cold brew? Oh, we have a ratio. as a whole set of charts.
1: Um, but you you start, and we started with a simple two-quart yield pot, and it's about a pound to yielding two quarts. Mm-hmm. You lose water to the process. It takes about 24 hours, and then it keeps in the fridge for a couple of weeks to... I probably would comfortably drink it in my fridge almost two months out. Mm-hmm. But that's me in the fridge. I'd prefer it all not sit for more than a week here right. in a refrigerator.
0: And so you you take two quarts to a pound, 24 hours... Uh, What's your grind like? Is it your typical like for course? So like a French press kind of grind. And then uh, and so that sits 24 hours. Then you uh, filter off the grounds and that's your concentrate is what you're talking about. Correct. And then you mix that
1: most the most cold brew recipes call for somewhere around 50,
0: 50 or even 60 percent cold brew, 40 percent water great and this is something anybody could do at home it's really pretty consistent pretty easy jar right mason jar right and then just some means probably even a colander you know a mesh colander to strain out because it's coarse grind you're going to want to filter it uh, with a paper filter filter. or with something that
1: uh, gets reasonable amount of particulate we use a paper and mesh Mm -hmm. poly mesh um, combination filters gotcha because what happens is the grounds that stay in the cold brew eventually start to over extract so you want to make sure you get all
0: those particulates. I want to get
1: a decent little chunk of the particulate, or it overextracts and starts to become bitter. Right. Coffee that sits cold in water for long enough eventually overleaches a whole bunch of acids and other weird sort of flavors that you're not into.
0: Right. Good. Well, that's great advice, and so that's something simple that anyone can do, and then keep it around their fridge. I like things that keep around in the fridge for a long time. I make. I learned a hint make recently making simple syrups for my cocktails. In that, if I add. Uh, if I add a, a tablespoon per quart uh, per quart of simple syrup, if I add a tablespoon of uh, vodka, it will actually extend the shelf life over a month. Whereas normally your simple syrups just kind of like after a couple of weeks, they they can get bacteria and things you don't want to necessarily ingest. So, not that I'm implying putting vodka in the coffee, but it's nice to know that you've got things yeah, we hanging can't do around that for our simple syrup.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> we serve <laughs> coffee's not regulated. We serve it to children, so that's I that's right. like The you simple syrup. Okay. That's right.
0: <laughs> you guys probably go through a lot more simple syrup at home than I. I mean, here commercially than I go through at home. Yeah, I think we make like ten gallons a yeah, week. Yeah, you're you're doing just fine. But um, but apparently the new kids or the really hip kids, so to speak, are doing something even more fancy than just cold brew. I assume it's accidental, Jay. When you push coffee through a
1: keg, Mm -hmm. you want to push it with nitrogen. And you want to push it with nitrogen because carbon dioxide oxidizes your coffee. Now, The moment you start pumping CO2, like your standard, even your beer gas mix, which is uh, is 60% CO2, 40% nitrogen, whatever it is, your beer gas that's nitrogen still has CO2 in it, it changes the flavor. Truly, uh, some coffee people will tell you it changes it instantly, uh, everyone tends to agree. It t- changes it within six, seven hours to a day. They're, the flavor gets bitter. The mm-hmm. CO2 starts to starts to affect flavor pretty quickly. It also makes the coffee carbonated in a different kind of way you don't want, if given enough time. Right. I suspect someone was pushing with nitrogen and poured one, and it looked kind of like a Guinness. And they said, hey, wait a minute. What's that like? What's, can we do this? And the first people who were doing it were taking the kegs. The standard corny kegs, uh, usually you're sort of your old school soda kegs. Now right. all the soda comes in boxes, but Right. the old school soda kegs, and probably putting nitrogen on it, releasing it, shaking it, releasing it, shaking it, right. rolling it over their knees. You read accounts like that now um, of folks doing that. Somebody along the way figured out to use the the same sort of diffusers they use for certain creamy stouts. Mm. So it's basically an aqua- it looks like an aquarium stone, huh. diffusing air through an aquarium, and it's attached to a attached to an extra fancy top that has a, another air input nipple. You hook up, a, a, you run nitrogen into a keg of it for about 40 minutes, and then it has, it is, has nitrogen diffused throughout it. Mm. So you can take it at that point and pour it with a standard faucet into a cup and stir it and have an aggravatingly tough experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you can hook up a, a nitrogen faucet. Nitrogen faucet functions like your sink. It's got aeration as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that when those, those Guinness taps that you see, they've got six holes in them or something. Right. And it causes pressure, like with your shower head. Right. Um, and it causes that foam to, rather than sort of be trapped in the beverage, the nitrogen to stay trapped. It
0: releases it as it's poured. It releases as it pours. And it'll pour, as you'll see, just like it Guinness. Great. So we're going to, he's going to go pour some. And I'm going to, I'll make sure I take pictures of the apparatus to share on the uh, blog post. This is and our farmer's and, uh, market rig right here. Right. So Well, he was talking to me earlier about how they even had hoped to maybe do bottling, but... <laughs> with craft beer uh, having taken off and exploded, a lot of the beer brewers aren't willing to give up the time off of their lines for their nitrous beer products to this type of experimental thing with uh, coffee. Wow.
1: There's very few people who do, um, who also do nitrogen widgets in America. Oh, wow. Right. So that's another thing. There's not a ton of canneries that have those sort of facilities. You right. Have to get in on a production run, the production runs are months and months out.
0: Right. I, I mean, like, even with uh, Guinness, you know, moving their cannery down the road, so to speak, from here, I doubt you'd ever be able to talk to them to get on their line. You know, they are the ones who have that kind of widgetry. Oh, yeah.
1: They, they definitely don't seem like they'd be friendly. Like but what do I know? Maybe
0: they're Well, you know, you never know what connections I might be able to work out with you. But, uh, and so I'm sitting here. Uh, Whitney's poured me a glass of the nitrous, and you know what looked like nitro. almost nitro. Sorry, That's nitro. Okay, so uh, what looked it looked all like a beautiful caramel color of of kind of like the nitro nitritiz- nitronization. Uh, I don't know what like the right it was word. It. Kind of like a creamy, very like Guinness with a bazillion head. And as it's selling out, that dark coffee at the bottom is uh, growing. And you see the cascading, kind of like waterfall effect on the glass. It's gorgeous. So this, oh, the aroma is just just incredible. Yeah, it
1: smells great. Um, it holds up better too. So you've once you've once you've sh- uh, shot the whole thing full of inert gas, and you've filled the headspace with inert gas. Right. There's nothing that bonds with your with your coffee anymore. There's nothing to sort of to suddenly cause some of the degradation you suffer. With your cold brew, otherwise, um, it's it's great. There are there are cans of it available. I've seen them, though we don't make them. Sadly, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. also available at a number of retailers. We sell it at our cafe. We sell it now at our farmers markets. Um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head otherwise who has the nitro on tap. But yeah. it's
0: it's certainly any trendy coffee place it's is carrying happen. it, or they're going to be going to be. It's got lovely, like kind of chocolate and caramel. Nose notes?
1: Uh, this is a five bean blend. In five bean blend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Five bean Baltimore water, I run a little bit on the darker spectrum than you might um, using other water. It's the pH here in Baltimore is slightly more. Baltimore water runs uh, slightly acidic, although I balance out the pH to make it um, slightly more alkaline and have some potassium touches of it. There's a mm-hmm. couple of things you want to add for your, your metals and equipment and coffee flavor. Right. Uh, but once you take it home and you're adding your tap water to it, tend, it seems to be the, the natural flavor of Baltimore water with the number of lighter roasts makes them taste slightly saccharine. Mm. What's good in D.C., our D.C. guys, you tend to use a medium roast for that cold brew, hmm. is not as good up here. And then this stuff, it tastes so creamy. Mm. The AA guys love it because they can feel like
0: they're drinking. Oh yeah, beer. it's definitely like it's definitely a weightier coffee experience than one gets. Very full bodied and creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is this is drinking this black. There's nothing in here. There's n- other than coffee and and the and the uh, the nitrogen and the nitrogen.
1: Technically out of it now, right? Right. So
0: it's, it's diffused
1: out. It's become some of it's probably still contained in there, but most of it's gone. That head is right. just frothed coffee it's froth it's cold froth i can recreate the same effect with the steam wand on that espresso machine uh and cold brew mm. i could make cold brew coffee you
0: could froth look it. like this but, but it's, it'd be hot. it would be food. hot for one thing and that would change the nature of the flavor but that's so this is that's what this is it's froth or crema yeah it, um but it tastes like a guinness head I mean it's it the does closest thing I can come up with. Well, I can see that except it I mean it's clearly not it doesn't have those multi notes that you would get in Guinness. It, it has like it's it would be like extracting all of those from your Guinness and just getting its coffee and its mocha notes.
1: Yeah, um, and some little bits of, of
0: toffee in it. Um wow, I can see why people like this because it's it's also the nice the nice thing about this is I've done cold brew at home. I've always found cold brew finishes rather quickly uh it doesn't linger on one's palate this really lingers on your palate
1: yeah this um, sticks around, which sure. is
0: really nice like i'm still enjoying it and i've only had two sips so it's the kind of thing that you could you know granted if we were outside right now with 95 degrees it's going to warm up but here you know indoors uh it's going to stay chilled and enjoyable easily for for a good while
1: it actually tastes good over ice mm-hmm. too so it's it's a thing you could pour over ice people definitely do sure Sure. The nitro cold brew. It uh, it doesn't cascade as well as just what you would expect. You can always, you know,
0: you could go uh, into the world of spirits and just put like a big rod of ice or something in, you know, so you'd still get that effect uh, down the sides. But it is gorgeous. Um, and now, and so is this something that people can get at your cafes or just at your farmer markets both. or both? That's, that incredibly sketchy looking rig I brought over. is yeah. the farmer's market rig. Okay. Um, we have a
1: kegerator set up at the cafe. Mm-hmm. Most folks have, have modified um, beer brewing equipment. Right. It's cheaper to buy CO2 sort of set up equipment and then convert it than to buy specifically designated nitrogen stuff. If you're mm-hmm. trying to do this at home, which Sounds madness to have that much cold brew going in your house, but if, if that's the thing you want to do, I recommend converting over from beer equipment. I mean, yeah. I recommend starting with a mason jar, and if you like that, getting either a toddy or, if you have the money to spend on it, go ahead and buy yourself the Hario, the slow drip cold mm-hmm. brew system that has that looks so fancy, right? But that is three hundred dollars, and right Hario will argue makes a superior cold brew. I'm not sure. I, they're Japanese; they make a fine point. <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah.
0: But it's you could use a mason jar or a forty dollar toddy. I mean, I've always I've always thought uh, sometimes it's the amount. Uh, just like when I make uh, music, you know, there's a certain amount of effort. Once you get into the high percentages of say pure beauty, if you're like ninety five percent, the amount of effort it takes to get from ninety five percent to six percent is much greater than it took to go from ninety to ninety five percent. And then as you keep getting closer and closer to hundred percent. It takes more effort and more energy and one for every day drinking always has to wonder how much is worth it. And the same thing goes with, say, coffee brewing. Once you get to a certain point, everybody has their own dollar budget amount and time. How much time do I have? How much money do I have to put in to making my morning perfect cup of coffee or cold brew, et etc.? And it's finding that balance for each person that's appropriate. Yes, you're not so,
1: everyone's grinding their coffee by hand with a crank at home like I am. Right, I don't
0: judge them for it. Right. <laughs> right. No, everybody has their own method that works for them. And they, I mean, I feel that the biggest the biggest push from, from my end is if you can convince people to go from you know, pre-ground to whole bean and grind it themselves, that's like, amen. That's the number one first thing to make it a better coffee experience someone asked me that in a a brewing methods class what's the one thing you recommend i was like
1: get a grinder get a grinder please yes get a grinder
0: amen that's the first thing and then after that it all becomes things like well what's the freshness of the coffee getting a better consistent temperature brew for your coffee um and finding those different methods and i find it's everyone thing. everybody's different for myself i mean when i'm getting up every morning and i have to take care of the, the cats and the dogs in the morning everything else I don't have time to go through French press which I love and is one of those coffee experiences I adore but I just don't do that Monday through Friday because I just don't have the time you know if I do I do it on my vacation I do it on my weekends but but uh, so I, that, I personally think everybody's got a different judge while I'm
1: in the coffee industry because you
0: don't have to do all that right
1: <laughs> no I do take all the time and I do I have to I have kids to prep for school and lunches to pack but right. there's that few minutes where it's worth it for me and it's probably it, clearly why I'm where I am. Right. It's worth it for me. I hand crank the grinder. I fire up the French press. I drink something. I often take notes about it. Um, and that's clearly why you, you are doing well, what you're doing. The note-taking started, I think, after I started doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but, yes, I, I, the, I test things in my own kitchen because sure. I know what everything tastes like. Well, and
0: that's, and that's honestly the only way to do things critically at any point. I mean... Uh, the only way anybody learns something is taking conscious uh, focus about what it is they're doing and what the result is. And then, yes, then at a certain point, one can determine hey. when you do things. Like, hey, Ryan, good to see you. Great to see you, oh, Yeah, Ryan's popping in on the oh, podcast sorry. here. It's all right. Podcast? Passing through. Um, but once, uh, but, but that's how you learn, and that's how then you... You don't make the same mistakes, and that's how you learn. Well, humidity affects this, you know, and uh, grind level affects that. And then you don't need to. The next time, perhaps you pick up, you know, your Kenyan double A or Honduras or whatever. You already have learned a few things, and you know where to go at the beginning versus go through steps one through five, ten, or twenty. I've gotten better at just looking at the beans and saying, "Let's roast this to that temperature." Exactly. It started a much
1: narrower range than we used to. I- when i first started doing it we'd roasted a pretty broad, broad spectrum of anything new that came in
0: <laughs> well i mean that and that's and that i guess that's why i came to you to do this podcast is because i knew from our conversations you took that kind of effort and critical so i'm looking forward to future uh series i know we talked about things like you've got um have got new uh f- new cafe opening up or a we'll new new cafe opening up or new space rather for a right. current
1: cafe okay and that's July, uh, August? Let's call it September to September. let September, let's, by the fall. By the fall, and we may or may not initially have what the goal is to have a roast to order set up in there. Right. So to have one pound roasters, quite a few of them that roast all the coffee in-house for the facility. Mm-hmm. And then also to be able to roast you a pound, let's say you want to try the, particularly like right now, the Sadamo Hauruso, mm-hmm. uh at a different temperature. Because mm-hmm. I'm roasting it very light because it's so fruity and delightful. You could. You could come in and make a special order. You'd be, be like, hey, I've
0: had it light. I'd like to try it, you know, five degrees darker, you know, can you? Correct. And you'd be like, yeah, we'll make you a pound, blah, 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 and then do it to order. The, yeah, we intend to have a roast to order in there. Kind of the thing I do for myself at home with my own roaster with my notes. I go, well, I add it. Let's inch it up here. Let's do that. Yeah, but it doesn't require making both the smoky
1: <laughs> messiness that Jay's clearly expressing right. at home. And it also uh, oh my gosh! I've a roaster. Up,
0: the screen in my basement is like clogged up so often I have to go and brush out all the the coffee soot, so to speak. from All the, the smoke. Ethiopians go outside. Uh, I could do that. They roast
1: on a gas group. Most Ethiopians, the only people I know who grow coffee, the region, uh, nation that grows coffee, where people also drink the coffee from there, and there's a long history of it. So you'll meet immigrants here, and they'll say they'll come in to buy coffee. We have quite a few. Um, and they roast on a skillet in the backyard on a gas grill, mm. or a, I don't know when no uses a wood grill anymore. But it's there's a tradition of roasting coffee, and people go outside because it's smoky. And
0: yeah. it's messy. Yeah, it is. That's the only. Actually, Ethiopians are the only coffees that have ever caught had the shaft catch on fire in my roaster too. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is always fun. They're laden <laughs> with sugars, which we'll talk about at some yeah. point. Yeah, but. But yeah, so, so we're looking forward to, to talking about that project as it comes online. We'll also look forward to tasting some, you know, more traditional style, you know, warm hot coffees uh, as certain beans come in or whatever. Um, and I know uh, we'll probably do some sort of holiday edition at some point. Um, um, the holidays. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, but I, re- I really appreciated this time with you today, Whitney. I'm looking forward to coming back yeah, again. And... Uh, Enjoy. I know you're it. on vacation soon, so I hope you enjoy that. I will. I'll kiss my mother. All and right. Delightful. Very good. Cheers. Cheers.